Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. If you're interested in Tesla, don't miss Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast hosted every week by me, Ryan McCaffrey, a longtime Tesla owner and superfan. On episode 200, I had Elon Musk on for an hour. On episode 220, I talked to Tesla's chief designer, and I'm also there at every big Tesla event covering it in person. Ride the Lightning recaps and analyzes everything happening with the world's biggest EV automaker each week. Hear about the latest Cybertruck developments, the next-gen Roadster, the Model S Plaid, plus the newest updates to the Model 3, X, Y, and more. New episodes have been dropping every Sunday since 2015, so jump in and enjoy. Listen for free on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast service, or check it out at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We are, uh, we're we're going to talk about the Jaguar F-Type that we've been driving, an update on Goldberg's Garage, and uh, ooh, a Dodge Demon uh, that's sold on Bring a Trailer, pulling some pretty good money. Those are doing well. Before we get started, here's Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg. Oh, Yo. man. It's been, uh, it's been busy. Things have been busy. Did you manage to get uh, new tires on the, uh, on the triple nickel? <laughs> delivering donuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. The last time we spoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was asking because, you know, everything's just so delayed and supply chain issues and shipping issues. I was like, I didn't even know if you were able to get them in the, you know, the last week love, or so. I love Harry and everyone over at Nitto, but even our sponsors are having a hard time getting product out yeah. as 
evident by me ordering as you know two sets of tires i think it was a month ago mm-hmm. and usually it takes literally 24 hours to 48 hours and i still haven't seen any tires fortunately over in the 14 storage bins that i have forgotten no, like 10 bins that i have the cars in i hit a couple sets of tires in there for a rainy day like today or <laughs> yeah when, uh, when the tires you know went down to steel so yeah yeah i'm, I'm good I'm good. I got the uh, original wheels and tires put on the green, the, the demon that I drive so that now uh, it's not on 18 inch wheels and it's not ridiculous looking and handling. So uh, that's a new toy that I've been taking out lately. So, um, yeah. And, man, and speaking of, what do you think of that, uh, that, that demon that sold on bring a trailer? So, you know, it's a 2018. They've got a couple years on them now. Uh, we knew they were going to be collectible, but this is a, you know, this one was the never driven. It was, you know, some people, we've had this conversation. Some people drive, some people collect, some people do both. Uh, 540 miles, all original uh, SRT Demon. So how was it never driven? Uh, I mean, 540 miles is basically nothing, right? Mine's got five on it. And it's yeah. been it's been it's been driven because I drove it because right? you drove it so, four point I mean, nine miles. And then... no, <laughs> no, I actually drove it too because it came with three miles off. But uh, yeah, man, I guess yeah, yeah five hundred forty. You know, I mean, yeah, we can get into that debate at some point about like have this conversation. Well, again, again the five. difference between five miles and five hundred miles is it going to? Yeah, but you, you came you came to the realization on your Mustang, yeah. right? That, you, that it was more of what I was saying than what you were. You thought you were going to put a lot of miles on it. Now that you have it, you're not going to put many miles on no, that And you're right, though. That, but taking that blast down the down the street, like when it loaded off the truck with like 3,630 miles, I was like, now it's got 3,631 <laughs> miles because I just <laughs> drove it down exactly. the street. Uh, but, you know, I, that car specifically, I just I took it over to Galpin Autosports. We're getting it cleaned up. And what I found is is I'm picking and choosing the miles that I want to put on the car. So Absolutely, I because you can. That's right. So I flatbedded it to Galpin because that's like 30 miles, and I was like, I don't want to just sit in traffic for 30 miles and not enjoy the 30 miles, right? No. So I flatbedded it there to get to get it cleaned up and all the fluids changed and everything, and uh, and fix that bumper issue in the back. And um, we're going to meet the dry ice blasting guy out there on Friday and take a look at the car and talk about where we're going to do it. And the guys at Galpin Autosports are interested. And so we're going to have a little meeting on Friday about dry ice blasting. Uh, And then I'll probably flatbed at home. But then I'm looking forward to there's like a a Shelby event, I think, in May that I might drive it to. I talked to Aaron Shelby. I think he's going to come out for that event. And uh, it's a big fundraiser or something. you yeah. know, take yeah. it when when well when there's no traffic. When there's, Good luck. Go I mean, three o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. But you know, to to go to an event on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and is is not is much easier than sitting in traffic on a, a noon on a Friday trying to get to the valley Absolutely. from from LA. So yeah, I'm just picking and choosing my miles carefully. Uh but anyway, that that Demon uh, on Bring a Trailer, it sold for one hundred seventy three thousand. I guess you know when you add the fee, one hundred eighty one thousand six hundred. What were those new? Somewhere around the ninety range, so maybe it's doubled in value. 
83 to 87, I think it was, yeah. if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I mean, hey, doubling in value in a short period of time is a great deal. I mean, it doesn't make me want to get rid of the second one that I have immediately until they go over 200. But, yeah, um, you know, if that's the case at, at any point in time. But I, I that's a strong number. I mean, I, it's certainly better than the 120 we saw at, at Barrett or whatever it was last year for yeah. a couple of you know, it's 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 interesting to see. You know, I think the car is doing very well for what it is. You know, it's not. You know, a four GT has all the the buzz around it, but it's a five six hundred thousand dollar car when it's new, and you know, and it's doubled in value to a million one point one one point one and change. You know, so you don't see a lot of. You know, like a lot of real muscle cars be able to to, to pop that much to go double. Oh, absolutely value. So, not. You know, I think um, I think the Shelby GT 350Rs with the flat plane crank. I think those have gone up a little bit in value. Uh, you know, we're seeing them. You know, but again, they were limited production, like the Demon is, and they had a very special engine. And you so know, that would be the Mustang in, in that category that you think would appreciate the most in the shortest period of time? You know, it interesting in that the GT500, you know, is the bigger car, the more sophisticated, the bigger engine. But they, they're they making that car for several years. The, the GT350 and the GT350R with that specific engine um, – you know, they didn't make it for very long. It's kind of limited. I think that R model is going to be a collectible car. I think the GT350 will be collectible, but if you did opt for the R model package, you got that R model, uh, I think that car is going to be definitely worth some money. And I, a few friends of mine, you know, Mustang super fans, have even reached out and said they're already, they're already starting to get like kind of struck by the price they're like yeah it's already out of my reach i should have got it when i had the chance and like you know that conversation we've all had yep. is should have got it when we had the chance yeah i'm starting to hear that already on the r models going man i should have got it you know when, when i had the chance uh you know which is why i bought the sack you know i mean yeah. hell if i bought that thing new in 92 i would have paid forty one thousand dollars for it not mm, way more than that <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. not not quite a bit more than that, um, but you know, it is what it is, and I think it'll go up in in value. But you know, I'll enjoy it as well. But yeah, I think the I think the demons making a move. I think it's I think it's good. Now, this is an example with five hundred and forty miles. So, um, you know, there's a handful of these like yours, even having less than that. There might be a few others out there that have very very few miles on them. Uh, and I'm telling you, while we're while we're while we're on the Mopar thing, uh, you know, and and obviously I don't want to piss off any of the demon guys because I'm one of them. But I truly believe that that super stock. I think it was 2019 they offered it, or yeah. 2020. I think that's the car that's going to be worth the money because if you look at the the one thing that separated the the demon from everything else was the fact that it could lift the front tires off the ground, right? Yeah. It's the first vehicle to be able to do that. Well, doesn't the Superstock come in at, at 807 instead of 808 horsepower-wise? So you can't tell me that that one horsepower is going to affect the front end, yeah. except for the fact that I'm, I'm sure it's geared differently. 
right? But the right. fact that they, I think they only sold like 200 of them in the initial year. So you compare that with the 3,300 of the demons that went out in 2018, you know, and I mean, it's basically the same car, but it's yeah. a more functional car. But the suspension's a bit different because you, when you were digging into your demon, when you were digging into your demon, right, and we're going to do kind of a road race car out of it, you guys figured out that it's way more of a drag race oriented suspension underneath that car than you originally thought. Absolutely. That's why you didn't do the project. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the super stock is just a juiced up red eye. Yeah. It's more of a track version of it. I think it is. I'm not, believe me, I don't know much about that car so i can't really speak to it you know intelligently but do you have one what of those? do you know, have a super stock i do not no. and and you know i i'm thinking about getting one but i but like i said i believe that's the car that's going to appreciate the most in 10 years yeah and listen it's a good point and now that you're 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 kind of talking about it we're back to that uh you know if you have the opportunity maybe want to pick one up before you sit there and go yeah, I should have done that two years ago. <laughs> exactly. We're going to be hearkening back on this conversation. You're going to yeah. replay it to me in a year and go, remember this? Yeah. You bought that car. Well, so, yeah. listen, uh, maybe in uh, in several months from now, you'll have plenty of space to put it. What's going on with the garage? Won't be several months, kid. Hopefully, <laughs> it'll be a lot sooner, man. The, the, the progress, as I showed you on the video that I'm going to be posting – a similar version on my YouTube channel and the uh, my social media accounts, but um, it's jamming, dude. I mean, like you said, I see it every day, so I don't see the, the the real progress. But you know, from what I showed you after coming back from Saudi to now, I mean, I think it's 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 made a lot of a lot of ground. Yeah. So, sure. but for you guys listening, before we started the show, we just uh, we were just looking at a just the iPhone video. You went out this morning and, and did a little walkthrough on the garage and, and yeah, the pictures from before you uh, went to Saudi Arabia to wrestle to, to now um, things are moving. I mean, it's, it's something to be said for, uh, for having a plan, you know, and having kind of the, you know, sort of the prefab uh, version of this, right. It's not a full prefab, but uh, all the advantages of a prefab. Yeah. Um, and, and speed is, is the thing. And we were just, uh, we were just admiring cement. It's a weird thing to admire, but, (laughs) but, uh, knowing also knowing the amount of time and money and effort that went into making that goddamn slab. Now we're looking at it. We're like, that's the most beautiful piece of cement I've ever seen. Like it's just, (laughs) well, I showed you me on the machine making, making some of the pattern in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I got a Post that one, but it was it's it was so much fun. I felt like I, I'm not going to go as far as saying Da Vinci, but I thought I felt like I was contributing to the artistic value of the floor. As I look at it now, after it's been driven over and everything prior to being cured or not cured, but being glazed, you know, with the with the stain and the paint or whatever we're going to do on it. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, it looks like shit comparatively, but but it's it's a huge huge slab of concrete and it's it's cool you know for us meatheads and motorheads it's uh, we appreciate stuff like that. i i i will offer this little bit of advice please uh, i it, it's kind of a, a a cart before the horse thing but 
I did the floors in this warehouse that I just moved into, and I wanted to get it done before I moved everything in. But um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is good, right? But you do have to be very careful with any type of like forklift or anything that you you bring in there. Like you, uh, my. So is your advice to wait? Because I'm going to wait. Right. I'm so, so my my, my advice is yeah. if you're going to bring in forklifts to bring like a gym and weight equipment to the second level and all that, absolutely, do that before you do the floors. Now, yeah. I'm not saying you can't drive a forklift in there. I'm just saying when you're doing a lot of work, front, back, turn, 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 a lot of movement mm-hmm. with the forklift, it's not the driving over the floor; it's the it's turning of turning. the wheels. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's, it really starts to make a difference. And if you're in one spot or one general area, let's say you're at the edge of the second story and you're lifting stuff and you're back and forth and back and forth, it'll start to eat away. It will. Now, oh, yeah. you know, when the floors are done and your second level is built and you've moved all the weights up there, if you need to bring the forklift in to move stuff around, that's- Different. You know, that's different, right? It's yeah. it's cured, it's hard, it's got, you know, the floor, the epoxy coating, whatever you're going to do. Um, you know, uh, definitely consider the flooring options when you get to durability. Driving the car on it was fine and stuff, you know. Um I just had uh I just had the guys come in with the genie, right? The genie is like mm-hmm. the, the the big scissor lift with the giant four wheels on it. And they replaced all the lights with LED lights. It, it's part mm-hmm. of a. It's actually part of a program. That, there's uh, four of them in my. Gr- <laughs> yeah, four of them yeah, right. So you, you've lights, got them like, there on the property. You guys, yeah. you guys have all seen it, right? The guy rides in the thing and he lifts them up. It's a big scissor lift. And uh, part of a efficiency power program out here is is they'll take all of your fluorescent lights and turn them into LEDs, but they'll do it the right way. They'll change the ballast and all that stuff. So. Uh, they came in and changed out all of the lights and they had, I think three of these genies going through there and it was, it was okay. It was okay. Now, when I moved into the place, we did the floors, the floors only got to dry for about a week and we had a lot of movement on there and where my roll up door is, uh, the entrance to the building that mm-hmm. got the most traffic, the most abuse. And yes, yeah, some of my epoxy flooring, given the timing and not enough time to cure, you know, is is a little screwed up. And maybe it can be fixed. It's not bad. It's the the top coat, the color is a gray, and the primer underneath is a gray. So you, it looks like a like a little bit of a paint chip, but it's still gray. Um, so it's it's okay, but it's really not what you want in your place. And if I own the building, yeah. I would be unsatisfied with it. But mm-hmm. because that door entrance area was so high traffic, you know, um, it it really needed two or three more weeks of curing, mm. you know, before uh, it would do that. Um, so you know, thinking about the flooring, thinking about, you know, we did the solid gray. I didn't do the fleck that you see in it. And the solid gray uh, definitely gets like wheel marks and dirt. And, you know, so it's a little bit more, uh, it's got more of a industrial factory look and a little less. You can find a freaking bolt. It's funny because, you know, I was um, 
putting a, a, a gym in there and I bought the equipment and I've been building all the equipment myself. And yes, I'm dropping bolts and I can find them. I hear dink, shoom, and, and it, first of all, the, the floor is slick. So when the bolt drops, it does shoot like 30 feet away. But at least I can see it, you know, with that fleck, I would never be able to see it. And I have to just like get oh, the big broom, me. just like keep brooming the floor until I hear it hit the, hit the bolt. I had to get the magnet. The magnet broom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? That's what I should make. I should make a squeegee with a magnet on the front edge of it so I could just walk around and just pick up everything. Uh, you don't need it now. You have a solid floor. Yeah, so uh, I, the polished concrete um, with a top coat could be interesting. Uh, That's what I'm doing. That's what yeah. I'm doing. You know the ones that look like they're, they are look like they have a marble finish? Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm that's doing. cool too. I do like that. I think that's what uh, uh, we're going to do in Adam's garage and the new garage. Um, I'm, it's I'm badass toward that. Yeah, I mean, it's industrial. It's badass. It's beautiful looking. It it's durable. Um, it, it's got enough solid color. Enough solid color to find things that you drop, but enough texture in it that. Uh, you know, if you leave footprints or something, you don't really notice it as much. And then later you can always clean it, wash it. And uh, so, it, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't think of the bolt thing until yeah. now <laughs> yeah. right? with, because I was so enamored with the, with the appearance of it. But uh, yeah, I'll just make sure that uh, the color is such that I, I can find anything that I drop. So, you know, the, <laughs> this is a little too late to bring it up now because we were just talking about how great that slab turned out and the walls were starting to go up. But oh, here we go. But was it designed in a way to have drains? Can you on that bottom oh, yeah. level with the cars? Can you hose it down and squeeze it? About yeah, a hundred percent. There's yeah. a huge drain in the middle of the garage. Right. So that's kind of like when you go and you rent these industrial warehouses, you know, like, well, you know, and mine's kind of a condo complex. So I've got a, you know, I've got a roll up door, the guy next to me, you know, we share a wall and he shares a wall, the next guy, the next guy. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just a a row of garages, but they're little warehouses. Mm -hmm. And so the walls in between us, because some people have large warehouses, some people have small, it's just a, a, a wall. It's just, you know, it's just drywall and a couple of studs and, you know, it's, it's not brick in between us or anything like that. So even if I got the hose, washed down my floor and got the squeegee to gut it all out the front door, I don't know how much water is just going to go right under that drywall into the neighbor's place. And he's probably yeah. storing like cardboard boxes and t-shirts and things you like that. Know. And that guy would be pissed. So uh, I got to just do it with like the mop and bucket or there's the larger ones. It's like a giant – it looks like a Zamboni, but you don't ride on it. You push it. It's like a small Zamboni, and it has yeah. like little mop heads in it, right? Like if you needed a mop, you know, 10,000 square feet, you can use that thing. Or you hose it down. So if you built it with the idea of being able to hose it down, that's a, that's going to be one of the smartest moves you've made because already I'm walking around my place going, oh, oh, got to be able to – I wish I could hose this place out, but I can't. A thousand percent <laughs> because I, I've dealt with that issue every place that I've owned, right? Yeah. Every house, garage, every garage that I've built in the past, it's been hard because, you know, mainly because of the, uh, of the material of the walls, right? That's right. 
you know, that's the biggest issue. But I pre-planned this one and there's there's not much there's not much wall in between anything. There's garage doors around the entire the entire structure. Yeah. So I can open everything up and get, you know, seventy-five percent of everything out without hitting anything except for complete open space. And if your your drain's in the middle, then you can work your way to the center. You don't have to squeegee all the waters out the doors, right? You can just work your way to the center. And uh, yeah, that's so good to hear. You're gonna, it's gonna be so much better to be able to just go in there when you need to. Wash bay in the back, right? Yeah. So if I ever need to detail anything, I'll just pull it out of the main garage and just pull it right into the the garage bay or to the uh, wash bay. Don't have to wash it. I could just detail it and do everything in there, not get any fluids or anything out of it. So. Well, no. if you got to wash your five mile demon and uh, and you don't want to drive it, you can just scoop it up with the forklift, <laughs> bring no, it out man. back oh, and wash yeah. it. <laughs> I could, I could move it, you know, uh, from end to end and and not acquire a mile on it. For, yeah, for ten years, so I'm good. Um, well, that's good. That's good. It's good to see all the progress, things that are happening. Um, Thank you. You know, you can empathize. I, I, I the only I, thing I know is where my where's my staircase it's floating around in space somewhere where you just can't find it yeah it's gotta be so. uh gotta wait for it to get delivered i guess right there must be a chip in it <laughs> there must be a chip in it <laughs> um so i've been driving some cars uh i just want to get into that I'm driving the uh, jaguar f type uh i've got the convertible i i I like the convertible. I, I think I like the coupe a little bit more. I'm not really a huge convertible guy. But, you know, just a good-looking car. Ian Callum that was at Jaguar, a Land Rover for a long time on the Jaguar side. He was at Aston Martin, designed the Aston Martin DB9, made the Jaguar F-Type. Very, very pretty car. Uh, I just Really just a stunning sports car. Um, yeah, a little small on the inside, very much sports car ish. A little, <laughs> yeah. You would have a hard time yeah. getting getting Remember into I it for I sure. Did, I drove that thing against Anthony Joshua on on uh, oh, uh, Top that's, Gear. That's what right. was it? Uh, in top Gear in the in the in the UK. Um, yeah, um, um, and it was that was right hand drive car. Right hand drive, and it was miserable. It was yeah. just absolutely miserable, but. Yeah, it was tiny. It was tiny. tiny. What's so funny is that, you know, my entire life I've been a Jaguar guy. Yeah. I mean, my brothers, my my father has, they've had, I don't know, probably 25, 30 Jags between the three of them. And I've always been enamored with that E-type, you know, the convertible British racing green four-speed V12 car. Just And I had one. Um, 67, I think it was. Um, but it's amazing that one experience, one negative experience in a vehicle can crush your lifelong love of one manufacturer as did that show of me driving that freaking F-10. <laughs> oh, only because so many people watched it. <laughs> no, no, not because of that. Just because it was miserable. I was, it was a miserable driving experience. It was the first time I've ever been in a Jaguar and had a miserable driving experience. That's all. Well, don't it let it tall. don't let it ruin the brand for you because the brand is still good and we still like the vintage cars. And uh, listen, them, and, uh, them, uh, avoid the. 
avoid the F type by all means. You should avoid it. Uh, I had fun. Yeah. I had fun with the car. They did a, a little bit of a facelift and uh, upgraded, you know, up, updated the look of it. It's sleek. It's good. The infotainment system is that new system. It seems to be working well. And uh, what's in- the interior like? You, I mean, you, the quality of the interior. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I mean, it had you know. Um, it had plenty of uh, plenty of nice leather on it. Some diamond stitching in the seats. Um, uh, you know, the, the steering wheel felt good. I like that it has a proper. You, you know, in even though it's automatic, it has a proper uh, shifter, a stick. It's not the dial that has to pop up from out of the mm-hmm. dash. And and you know, the sport exhaust sounds good. And I think. Jaguar's starting to realize like who wants this car. They're they're saying, "Hey, let's do a sports car. Uh, we'll do a coupe. We'll do a convertible, and we'll make it fuel efficient. We'll have a nice little V six in it." And that lasted for a while, but for I think for twenty two, maybe for twenty three, they're like, "Forget it. No six cylinder. No four cylinder. Just V 8s So they have uh, their five liter supercharged V eight. And the P450 is a 444 horsepower version. And then the R is a 575 horsepower version. Same engine. One's a little detuned. One's a little more fuel efficient. And and that's where they're going to go. And now the options are this. You can get the 450 horse or the 575 horse. You can get it in coupe or convertible. Either one. And you can get either one in rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Wow. Right? So that's the options lineup. And they're like, now, the 5-liter, the supercharged V8 that Jaguar Land Rover has, a lot of this technology, maybe the block something, is a carryover from their four days. This is an older engine. They've just updated it and revised it over the years. Not necessarily a bad thing, Right. Mm-hmm. I like the engine. I am a fan of this engine. I think it. I think it does well. I. I like the the low end torque of this engine. I'm driving the rear wheel drive version, and I realized soon as I got into this thing again, even the 444 horsepower rear wheel drive, I got into it, and I was like, it reminded me of why I like the Jaguar F Type so much. Is it's an it's a British muscle car. You know, it's, you know, every stoplight, it'll, if you, you lean into that gas a little bit, that throttle a little bit, it'll chirp the tires. It'll spin the tires with the traction control on. It's got it. It's got a little bit of wheel spin built into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just feels like a, it just feels like a muscle car. It's got a great exhaust note. Uh, it's got that, that, you know, listen, you're driving Hellcats and demons and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's it's like that. It's got a little bit of supercharger whine to it. It's got that real low end torque. Uh, it breaks the tires loose, and and it's a fun little. It's a British muscle car, you know. Um, you know, I'd say that about some of the AMG cars. They're kind of they're German muscle cars, and they've got a great note to them. They got good mm-hmm. low end power, and, and you know, they're all turbo and stuff now. But they didn't all used to be. So this is probably kind of the last hurrah you're going to get with this type of car before everything starts to go to EV and hybrid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say the same thing about the Jaguar F, 
uh, the F-Pace SVR that we just drove, the SUV with that engine, right? It's a, mm-hmm. I think it's a great muscle truck, a little SUV. Uh, the Range Rover Sport SVR has got that engine. That's got to be one of the loudest SUVs on the market right now, next to the probably the Urus. Uh, that thing just screams when you get on it from outside the car. It's a beast. It's wailing. Mm-hmm. If anything, they made these Jags a little more docile. They've just made these things a little bit easier to drive. But, uh, in, in, in its normal mode, so one of the things, uh, like I was driving the Aston Martin Vantage as well. That's got the V8 engine turbo from AMG in it. It's a it's a fantastic car. It's beautiful. It's fast. It sounds good. It looks good. You know, you could see a lot of the design carryover with Aston Martin and Jaguar because Ian Callum, the head designer, was involved with those projects. Mm-hmm. But the Aston Martin, in its normal mode, is very very easy to drive, mm-hmm. and in its Sport Plus mode, it really wakes up and becomes fun. The Jaguar F-Type is already kind of angry in its normal mode and then becomes more angry in its in its dynamic mode, right? When you put it in that. There's not there's more of a of a of a spread in the Aston Martin than in the Jag. So if you mm-hmm. want something drivable, right? The Aston Martin is more drivable. The Jag feels more like a crazy sports car. Like it just feels like a, a muscle car sports car. And I kind of like not having to get into it every time and put it in dynamic mode to enjoy it. Uh, I just got into the car and smashed the gas. It would chirp the tires and, and, and take off. Right. So, you know, and I just, uh, I, I put the top down and grabbed the dogs. They're looking around and, and, and they're listening to the engine and they're having the best time. And, and it was a fun little cruise around, around town and that thing. So anyway, I, I kind of like it. And if you're, you know, we've had this discussion as well. It's like the, the demons, the Hellcats, the GT 500s out there, the, you know, all the SRT cars, you know, uh, the F type, uh, you know, so many of these cars kind of fall into that category of this could be your last chance to get a really good, big power, you know, engine, <laughs> you know, engine, you know, internal combustion engine car, ice car, I guess we're, we're calling it now. I'm not sure if I like that term, but, uh, but yeah, because, you know, I'm not saying the hybrid cars are, are going to be worse. They're just going to be different. You know, you know, Ferrari's got yeah, this. None of us want to lose out. Right. And so, so unless we know, exactly the drop dead date of these ice cars extinction then we're gonna hold on to the fact that oh yeah this is the last one they're gonna build this is the last one they're gonna build it's gonna continue on god knows how long but none of us are gonna take that chance to be the guy that said oh i should have bought that car right 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 i mean look Ferrari's got their new hybrid that's that's out or coming out and it's v6 with hybrid technology and and it's everything you would expect from Ferrari. It's badass. It's you know, it's fast as hell, and it's amazing. But now you're thinking in your head, like, yeah, but it's V6 hybrid Ferrari. I'm not saying the performance isn't going to be there in these future cars. Absolutely, that's will not, be. That's, yeah, that's not the point. It's a different type of performance. That's right. But 
to to get that Ferrari with the V8 flat plane crank, naturally aspirated Ferrari, or you or or the turbo V8, you know, crank, uh, or you get the naturally aspirated V12, you know, you grab, you know, uh, a super fast or an 812 or uh, you know, uh, F12 going back a couple of years, 575, 550, you know, these these V12 engines, and they just sound so. Uh, fantastic you know adam's got his db9 it's a v12 db9 i was mm. just like it's just a just a nice sounding car sounds like an orchestra it's yeah beautiful and listen the, the vantage v8 that i just drove probably has more horsepower and it's a hell of a lot faster than his v12 from 2005 or whatever it is but uh i but don't know it just yeah it's just it's just kind of a special car and just to have that type of engine so anyway the point is is they're all going to be worth more money period is, and story. it's just which one's going to be worth more or right? certainly a different experience there's look we're going to end up we're fans of cars we like the new stuff we like the old stuff we're going to end up in vehicles that are electric or hybrid and it's going to be like a daily driver it's going to be a truck or a car or an suv Absolutely. and it's going to perform and it's going to be great but to be able to you know, have the luxury of opening up the garage door and and seeing, you know, something else you can drive when you want to on the weekends, whatever, and just have it fire up and just be the gnarly beast that we love right now. Uh, yes, there's room for both. I What I mean is room for both in no us. Question. You know? Uh, well, it's like, the onset, it's like the onset of the computer, right? My dad... My dad, you know, was a was a naysayer in the beginning, right? Yeah. And you can you can and he was a he, you know he he got his doctorate at Harvard, dude. This dude never made a B in his life. So right at the beginning, he was a naysayer. But within I don't know six months, he was learning. He was studying to become a professor of computer technology at University of Tulsa. You know, in his off time. Yeah. Yeah. So the point is that, you know, we can sit here and talk about exhaust notes all we want, but the reality is it's, it's going in a different direction. And, you know, you, as car guys, we always want to be at the forefront of that. So, you know, we're, it's like being old school, the old school guys, there's not many of us around anymore. Right. But it doesn't mean, you know, that, that it's, it's smart to stick with that uh, train of logic, right. You have to wake up and it's, it's a new day. Yeah, so you got to adhere to to what's new. So, my dad's on Twitter. Hopefully, now. they'll have a tape player that has an exhaust note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's I don't know. It's good. I enjoyed the car. I like the car. Like I said, I, I love the Aston Martin as well. That V8 Vantage is good. I believe today, as we're recording this, I don't know if it if it came out yet, but um, they were supposed to announce a V12 Vantage, the new V12 Vantage. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Yeah, here's a new V12 Vantage. Um, yeah, looks good. Uh, a little racier, a little sportier. Um, it's got, uh, we finally got the combination. You know, the Vantage had the big mouth in the front, and then the one I drove had the optional uh, front nose with the veins and the slim yeah, down. It made it look more like an Aston Martin, <laughs> uh, which is good. So the V12 looks Looks like that more car like on steroids. It's got more of an aggressive uh, front lip. It's got a wing in the back. It's got um, a little bit more character on the side, the uh, uh, the front fender vent and how it kind of tapers down and turns into 
kind of a side skirt. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's 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 cool. It will have uh, let's see the five point two liter V twelve. It's going to be limited production. Yeah, six ninety horsepower and five fifty five pound feet of torque. Nothing um, wrong with that. Eight speed. It's a great time. It's got the eight speed ZF yep. transmission and uh, zero to sixty in three point four seconds. Top speed of two hundred miles an hour. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's wider overall. It's one point six inches wider. Um, it's got a two seventy five front and a three fifteen rear tire. Um, like that, that's huge. The the front grille is twenty five percent larger than what we saw in the Vantage, but it has that new style with the with the you know horizontal veins on it, which I think you know look better on that on that car. Um, and uh, yeah, it, now it's. You know, I'm seeing some notes about the, you know, the added downforce from the front splitter, the side skirts, the rear diffuser, the wing, uh, 450 pounds of downforce at top speed. I don't know who's going to go 200 miles an hour, but (laughs) (laughs) never know. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, anyway, it's good. But I like what Aston's doing here. Aston is saying, hey, we know we're going to have to do some hybrid stuff. So let's go ahead and get this V12 Vantage out the door. And let's take our DBX SUV and let's make it 707 horsepower. (laughs) Yeah, the new DBX 707, which I think I'm going to be able to drive. I've been talking to Aston and uh, love the guys over there. But the current press fleet has just been um, retired, and they're waiting for the new vehicles to come in. They're waiting just like everybody else, and I think that uh, that SUV is going to be part of the group. So, looking forward to that. My fingers are crossed. Um, yeah, good. It'll be fun. Uh, all right. Well, we can wrap. Uh, we can wrap things up. Um, uh, a good looking car. Yeah, it's it's good, right? You see in the pictures now. Yeah. 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 Real futuristic-looking uh, interior. You know, with inflation going on and uh, yada, 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 a bit of everything, we've got some price increases if you guys are going to be shopping around. Uh, price increases on the Chevy Silverado, price increases on the Tesla. Uh, the Silverado, obviously, there's a whole bunch of different versions, the ZR2 and the Z uh, LTZ and the LT. Anyway, price increases are going to be from about eight hundred dollars on the low end to um, to about twelve hundred dollars on the high end, depending on what model that you want. So just keep in mind, uh, you're going to see a little bit of a price increase there. Uh, and also keep in mind that that's a, a a drop in the bucket compared to uh, yeah, what Rivian was going to do. And then Rivian. They, so Rivian. And speaking <laughs> of which, a buddy of mine who's a producer, not a producer, but a writer in L.A. It has a Rivian on order, and I told him about the price increase, and he's gonna get, he's gonna bail on his, on his. Uh, well, they reverted it. They went back. They said we screwed that, up. Yeah, yeah. The next day, Rivian's like, but there's we, still a, de- but there's still a delay out. Right? There's still a delay, but they said that price increase. We lost your trust. We should have never done that. We didn't offer any concessions. We screwed up, and they said Good so. We're them. going back. Yeah. Good um, for them. 
and they're saying just thinks we're going to have to figure it out on our end and and whatever. So well, it, yeah, it, it saved him because I guess the delay is what made it what, what made it make fun. Yeah. So but, oh, but by the way, if touching on that, that's awesome. That's that's good for them. So and what what Rivian said was is if you had an order or a reservation and you bailed because of the price increase or whatever. Uh, you can go back and get back in line. You don't lose your place in line. They said we screwed up. Well, that's nice of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying is, is you know, yeah. how many times you're going to piss off the customer, even accidentally? If you go, hey, <laughs> price increase, everybody, you know, cancels their order. Then they revert back and they go, no price increase, but now everybody lost their order. Then they'd be pissed <laughs> again. So uh, it just went. Listen, Jokes and, on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then everybody that was waiting, you know, down the list and didn't even read the email were like, I don't know what happened. It's just fine. But, uh, uh, anyway, oh, so pr- a little price increase on Tesla as well. Um, I think uh, I think a week or so ago they added a thousand dollars to the long range miles, and now again there are some price increases. Uh, the Model Three base price is going to go up two grand. It's going to be forty six thousand nine ninety. The Model Three dual motor is going to go up twenty five hundred bucks. And the performance version is going to go up three thousand bucks. So uh, the model wise, you're going to see something similar two thousand uh, for the long range. Performance is going to go up three thousand. Uh, and then the Model S, I guess, is going to get a little bit more of a jump. Um, I think it's going up about five thousand bucks. I still uh, think in this day and age, people uh, or manufacturers ought to compensate the consumer some degree if they're asking for a price. Well, I think what they're saying, the Silverado and the Tesla, for example, is is they're not saying, hey, if you've ordered your car, we're charging you more money. They're just saying that whatever, next year's model or anything that you start buying from this point forward is a slight increase. So that's that's so it's a general public thing. That's right. A general it's, public announcement, not a not an order. Right. And that's fairly common. Sometimes you'll be like, you know, hey, you know, like we were talking about the Jag, the F type, you know, the new it's new for twenty twenty three and it's got a facelift and you know, it's got the new V eight engines, you know, it's the four forty four horse. And they it's may say and they may say, Yeah, and the you know, the price has changed three hundred bucks or six hundred bucks or whatever the case yeah. may be. That happens all the time. It the issue, like what you're saying is is if you have an order in place and then they come back and they go, We're gonna charge you more money. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, they, that's the they, part they, you can't you can't really get to. But um, but this is good. I get it. Uh all right, let's say we wrap it up and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Appreciate it as always. Follow us at carcastshow.com is the website. And uh, I'm at Motorator on uh, social media. And he's Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. You got a little video editing to do, but uh, once he gets around to it, you'll see some uh, some of the progress on the garage, a little walkthrough of the garage. Um, uh, you know, for those of you who are interested, I think it's fascinating. It's fun to see. But. Uh, all right, man. So, the angle, of, angle you have to hold your phone at. So, yes, I will do something. <laughs> I need uh, to go to editing school real quick. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana.
For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent.